Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and I am here with a writer, uh, a creator, and uh, I, I think somebody else who's uh, on the East Coast like me, which is, is always fun. I like to keep we're going to start an East Coast comic crew, I think. Um, but, uh, please welcome to the podcast, uh, Matt Sumo. Matt, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you? Uh, where are you on the East coast? I'm in, uh, I'm in North Wilmington in Delaware. Just, I grew up in Delco, just South of Philadelphia. Right. I'm in Long Island. Oh, all right. I visited Long Island a a few times. Got out pretty quick. It's all right. (laughs) 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 Oh, where, where in Long Island are you? I'm in Hicksville. Uh, which sounds a lot more rural than it is. It, it's um, a, Hicksville sounds very rural. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not. It's like a it's a nice little town, um, but pretty close to about forty minutes from the city. Okay, uh, so it's not too bad. Yeah, I knew someone in college that was from Long Island, and we would we would hang out there. Um, but I'm trying to think like where they were from on Long Island now. Comac is that a place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is. I actually used to work there. I spent many years at Comac. Um, it's a little far from me now, but yeah, I used to work out there. All right. Cool. Um, well, uh, we're here to talk about comics. Uh, we could talk about Long Island more if you want, but I think <laughs> the fact that I visited Comac a few times is probably the extent of my, <laughs> my Long Island knowledge. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about comics and in, in particular, I, I was excited when you reached out or when you responded to my tweet, however it worked because I am such a huge fan of the Bardic Versus, um, which is a comic you had brought to Kickstarter. It's you, and I have it. I, I this is a this a podcast is not a visual, uh, unfortunately, but you can see that I have my copy right here to my left. I read it again today. Love it. I've read it a few times by now. Artist Pete Collins. Got to mention the letterer uh, Matt Crotzer. Um, you got a, a lot of great pinup artists in here, uh, including Skylar Patridge. Uh, Sean Dicker, uh, Jenny Odio, uh, but it's if, if anyone isn't familiar with it, Bardic Versus. Um, I, I mean, I'll let Matt really uh, talk about it. I I, I kind of love it. It's set up with your main character, the Bard, who also uh, kind of breaks the fourth wall and introduces these three different stories. They're all done in kind of different styles, like Calvin and Hobbes esque, and like kind of a Disney one. And um, there's like a what is it like a Sin City black and white? Yeah, one? Frank um, Miller, like a Frank sure. Miller style. Uh, that, and Pete, I want to say shout out to Pete Collins. Um, uh, who, if you've seen, I, I've posted on Twitter before, but he's made like comic book style business cards, which I have one and they're fantastic. But Pete just does an amazing job of nailing every different style. And the comic itself is, it, it's, it's very good. It, the little vignettes are perfect. It's also like very funny, uh, very very punny at times too. It is it is it's it's it's, it's a real delight to read. Um, I love the ending of it where it has possible names for Bardic versus two. I I do hope there is at some one point of those a is Bardic real. versus I two. <laughs> I, I can't say which one, but one of them is an act is the actual title of Bardic versus two. Is it really? I want to go back yeah. and check because I was reading it again today and I was like, oh, some of these It's are probably obvious so which one it is because it's the only one that's not crossed out. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't want to tell anybody. You got to go and pick up Bardic Verses just to see the, the I like, possible names. I like your names. style, Jimmy. I like your style. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I, 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 I really like it. Um, what I think the, uh, the one that takes place in the village of uh, Leaf Field is uh, a very good one. Um, there's just so many little, little things in it, and um, yeah, it's just it's 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 fantastic. So let's 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 talk about in terms of um, now we'll talk about you and getting into comics and all that. But I want to kind of sure. start with 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 Bardic versus um, first, and just kind of like what was you know were you a fan of fantasy storytelling? Did you? have a particular inspiration or what kind of sparked the idea to do this like vignette breaking the fourth wall kind of story? Sure. So um, he started talking about it after I think the first season of the Witcher, 
um, premiered on Netflix because there's famously like a bard character who like writes that song about the Witcher. Like very funny, like kind of a standout character. Like I became like obsessed with a character like that. And um, but Pete was like, hey, like we should, you know, you we both like this character. Like we should do a comic book about a bard. Like he's and Pete's like the D and D guy of the two of us. I have never played D and D. Um, so I'm only just familiar with it in the, in the zeitgeist, but, um, he's like, we should do a character. We should do a comic story about a bard, like a storyteller. And then we kind of just, we were like pitching stuff back and forth. And I was like, what if we did like, you know, a bard is a storyteller, but they're also like a musician, like a singer. Like, what if we did a comic book, but instead of like, um, it's like a mixtape, right? Like he's, he's singing or he's telling these stories, but then we, you draw those stories in different styles, which I think he kind of hates me for that um, because he had to like get into the mindset of these artists and like draw like these artists and not draw like himself. Um, I mean, ultimately, as you said, um, so gratefully, like it, it came, it, it paid off and I, you know, he obviously did a very good job. Um, yeah. I mean, if you would have told me that you had a different artist on every story, like I, I would have believed you. And I know I totally get what you're saying. And if Pete was, you know, I'll, I'll have to have Pete on at some point to ask him about it. Like if, if it was frustrating to have to do that, to kind of like work within those styles, but I mean, he, he, but he nails it. It's so good and it's so distinct. And I, I mean, it's, yeah, it, it really is remarkable. Yeah. I think it, he said it was hard for him because, you know, the way the story is, as you've read is, you know, it starts with like the interstitials, we call them, where it's like Mark Tillen kind of setting up the story mm -hmm. um, that he's about to tell. So there is like Pete's style and then it'll go into whatever artist or, or creator he's homaging after that. So he was like, I, you know, it's hard for me to pivot like because he would he would do it, um, you know, from like A to B. Whereas, like, when we finish Bard Versus, he's like, all right, going forward, I'm going to, you know, I'll do all the homages first, and then I'll do all the interstitials after, so that I'm not, like, going back and forth styles. Does that make sense? Like, he, he doesn't have to, like, do yeah. one artist and then go back to his style, do another artist, go back to his style. Like, he's like, I'm just going to do all the homages, because, spoiler alert, um, there is going to be Bard Versus 2, and in nice. Bard Versus 2 we're going to follow that same sort of um, idea as the first one. Right. But take it in a little bit of a different direction. Okay. I, I, I want to, I just want to pitch something. It's not a story idea, so don't worry. I'm not going to do that to you. Um, but I, I want to say in terms of the back of, again, to the back of Bardic verses, and there's like a little bit of back matter, but if, if, if there was anything on like Jimmy Gasparro's comic wish list, to see one day in, in the future, it's it's like a collected bardic versus like one and two with much more like back matter because you have like even some of the like text messages or tweets or like DMs between you and Pete about like how some of the panels developed and like give me that you have like little like D and D cards of some of the characters like you know um what's the goblin's name Gary like yeah Gary yep give me that uh, I want I want more of that I love that stuff man. me too that was so um, good <laughs> I like I like added value um in books and I feel like I mean were we trying to like pad our page count sure but like I think it paid off really nicely like we got as you mentioned before like some really great artists um you know some of them that I'm like friends with some of them that I've just always wanted to work with like Skylar um you know we got some nice pinups but then it's like to see all that cool behind the scenes stuff all like the little like we try to do like the marvel like post credit scenes um that we filtered in through all that back matter but i love that stuff i do i i really enjoy a book that has a lot of um quality content in it not just the story but all the the making of and and you know little easter eggs um i mean the easter eggs go as far as the the kickstarter backers like some of the ones that we you know, no outside of, of um, Kickstarter, some people that we know in real life, like we put little Easter eggs for their, like next to their names and things like that. Um, we put a lot of, I, I will say like, Pete and I care so much about that book is that like from start to finish, everything needed to be like perfect. I mean, we, um, 
we wanted to do like a hardcover. So like, that's why the book kind of looks like a hardcover book when it's not. Um, unfortunately, like we, it didn't pan out. We were able to do a full hardcover run. But, um, you know, we, we put a lot of thought into every single aspect of the book from front to back. Um, we wanted to, it to be as we pictured it, right? And I think we got at, outside of the hardcover, we got as close as we could um, to it being exactly what we wanted it to be. Um, like we, we just, you know, I, I always wanted something, you know, that looked good on a shelf. And I can confidently say that that book looks really nice on a shelf. Yeah. I, I pulled it off the shelf earlier today after I got home from work. Cause I was going to read it again. And I wanted it, you know, to be fresh. And like, I knew right where it was, went right to it. And like, as soon as I cracked it open, like it, it's just, it's really nice. It, like the whole design of it is great, but I love all that back stuff. I don't like padding. I don't think it's padding at all. Like I, love it i every little thing i love a map give me a map <laughs> that's there's there's easter eggs there too um I, so i don't think we've talked about this publicly but for you for people who, ha who have the book read the book or people who get it in the future um on the map there's in the bottom right corner there's a land or a, a town name called mcfarland which is an obvious tribute to Todd McFarlane. If you flip the map upside down, the town is drawn as if it spawns fate. Is it like, really? If you look I'm at it, it spawns head. Like, it's it right the, now. like the mountains are like his eye. You'll see it. Like once you flip it upside down, you're like, yeah, I see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and. Yeah, I, I think it's the right bottom there. right corner. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I <laughs> never noticed that. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, listeners, that you can't see this. Uh. <laughs> well, like you said, buy the book. Um, our buddy Carlos, yeah. um, who is so long story very short, Pete and I met at our day job. We worked the same exact day job. Um, I saw drawings he did around our our headquarters, and I tracked him down. We started talking. Fast forward, now we're making comics. But one of the, our coworkers, Carlos. Um, is really inking so we had him draw that map and then we kind of had input like oh maybe you should do this um you know and he he came up with that one that's like that spawn shape of mcfarland so that's <laughs> that's a tribute to him he, he really he really knocked that map, map design out of the park that was something that, that was like one of the first things we talked about for back matter we're like we gotta have a map like every cool fantasy book has right. a map and then i'm like all right cool I like Easter eggs, so let's, you know, let's put, there's creators' names in there um, for Easter eggs. You know, again, like the spawn face is an Easter egg, a lot of cool things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So so that's how you and, and Pete met and started doing this? You guys work together? Yeah, so um, we, we share a day job. Uh, we, unfortunately, he works in a completely different location, but, um, you know, at our headquarters, like I said, I would be, I would see on people's desks, like drawings. Like I saw a Batman drawing. I'm like, who did that? Like, tell me like this person has to like comics. And I wasn't even like, Oh, I could like try to see if they want to do comics. I was just like, Hey, this person that like probably likes the same things I like, you know, let me get introduced to this person. Let me talk to them. And, um, eventually we met at like the company Christmas party and we just started talking. And I was like, Hey man, like I, at the time I was working on some, uh, I was working on like pro wrestling. And I was like, hey, like, do you want me to see if they want like pinups or anything? Because I didn't know if you wanted to do sequentials. Um, he was like, yeah, sure. And then once that happened, got into the anthology, did a pinup, he got the bug. I feel like that's usually with, with creators. Once you get something that you did in print, it's like you're you're hooked on it. You're like, I gotta just keep doing this. I gotta this feel, I've gotta chase this feeling. And that feeling never goes away for yeah. things that I've you know, had published by third parties, things that I self-published, like every single time I get something new and it's something that I created, it's, it's like, it's like a drug. Like I, I just like, I can't, I can't get enough. Of it. So yeah, that I, happened to him. hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree. Um, that happened to him. He got that first thing and then it was off to the races around COVID was when we started talking, you're we working on another project. Uh, which we kind of resurrected for an, uh, an anthology. It's coming out later this year um, called Unknown Heroes. But 
we shelved the one thing we started talking about bardic verses and then it was like off to the races after that like once we started talking about it writing it and putting it together um you know we brought it to kickstarter and the rest is just wow and then how just so uh you know for uh just because the lettering is so dynamic how did matt uh come on board so i've worked with matt on and off for years i mean speaking of that pro wrestling anthology him and i worked on so i was in two volumes of that we worked on stories in both volumes um i've worked on with matt on little things here and there he's kind of just always been the the guy i go to um for lettering i trust what he does and i was like yeah of course we're gonna bring matt um aboard and he he turned it around really quickly so yeah i mean also you know in terms of you know um just stylistically you know you're you're he's also doing something similar in terms of the lettering choices. It's not just, you know, for any, you know how much I, I love lettering listeners and in, in terms of the listening to the podcast, but it's not just like putting letters in a box, you know, it's like every choice in terms of the lettering has to match the tone or the emotion of the character or the type of story. So if you're, if, if Pete's kind of has to like put his spin on different, styles matt has to do the same thing in, in terms of the lettering it all has to be cohesive it's a it's a visual medium and yeah he does a fantastic job that was another thing like again like because we were so into all the visuals of the book like i i i you know when i sent matt the script i was like listen like these stories are illustrated a certain way. I need the lettering to look as if it was pulled out of one of those stories. So like the Frank Miller um, story, uh, uh, what is it? A, uh, a maiden to smite for mm-hmm. um, that lettering, like looks like it was pulled out of a Frank Miller comic. The, the, um, the Rob Liefeld story uh, to catch a thief in Leafield, like, that looks like it was pulled out of like a '90s X Force comic. Like all that stuff, like has to to gel together for like the whole experience. Like you said, it's a visual medium, so like that stuff needs to to correlate, right? Like all that stuff yeah. needs to you know be um, in sync with one another. Otherwise, it's it, you know, would it be the worst thing in the world if it was like kind of all the same lettering throughout? No, like it, it, a good letterer, you know, good lettering is good lettering, but like. For him to go that extra step and and you know graciously accept our you know our pleas to like please you know make sure that all these kind of match the um the stories that they're in it was huge and it, it just it benefits the book that much more that all that stuff is like you know within the the theme or within the the style of each story oh yeah yeah absolutely and i, I mean it all just the the whole thing is cohesive is one of the things I, I really like about it. Um, it, um, one of one of the other things though, in terms of I mentioned it in terms of like the humor and like the puns are fun, but there is some like it, it is funny. I mean, there are some like very like funny situations. Like uh, uh, I almost said Martin, which I think is what Gary calls him, but Martin, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the main character, the bard, um, does have somewhat of a dry sense of humor at times. It's kind of witty. Um. So in terms of like your like sense of humor and like, where does that like come from? Like, are you somebody who thinks like, are you naturally funny, funny family members, particular sources of media that, you know, are like, oh, these are the go-to things that inform my sense of humor? um, Great question. Um, So, I mean, my dad was always kind of the, the, the funny guy in our family. And I, I feel like I absorbed a lot of his humor. We watched a lot of like stand up growing up, mm-hmm. um, watched a ton of movies, which spoiler, you'll see a lot of that in volume two. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, it was, it was just like a combination of that. I, 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 I don't, I, I'm hesitant to say like, I consider myself funny. I do laugh at a lot of my own jokes, but that doesn't mean I'm funny because I think I'm funny. Um, Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I find humor like a great, um, just a, a cathartic release. Like laughing is, is they do say laughter is the best medicine. Like I try to laugh like every day, you know, I try, I love making people laugh. Like that's something that I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I, I was fortunate enough to, to grow to be raised by what I consider to be a funny person. Um, so I'm glad that that 
translated and I was mm-hmm. able to, to, you know, uh, translate that into the book, you know, right. it's, uh, ultimately like if I'm being honest, bar- I wrote Bardic verses for, for myself and Pete, like, you know, like we wrote it for ourselves and I'm, I, it makes me happy that other people appreciate it. Um, I feel like the, you know, we should be writing the comics that we want to read. And that's all I did with Bardic Versus. Like I wanted to re- uh, write something that I wanted to read and for it to translate to other people is, is huge. Right. Like it's, it's the best compliment you can give me to, to say like, I really enjoyed that thing that you do. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, I, I've, you know, heard other writers talk about that, not just in interviewing, but listening to other interviews and especially comedy writers, um, it, you know, in terms of like, write, for yourself like don't write that in terms of what you think other people are going to find funny a lot of times like those jokes aren't going to work and you you hear like folks in terms of like uh like conan o'brien when he like writing for snl and other guys like that like bob odenkirk and i think it was him that you know talking about like they were just trying to make each other laugh in the room then you know and he came up with some like phenomenal sketches yeah so Me, I think that was just, makes a lot I was of just sense. trying to make my I was trying to make myself laugh. <laughs> 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 or just like, you know, again, like just dumb jokes that I think would fit in the universe. I mean, I think the other thing, like, while this is like while Bardic versus, you know, funny and it's it's goofy, I call it like our silly bard book. Because it really is at its core silly. Um, there is like for me, it's I don't want to get so deep on this podcast, but it's you can really we'll, 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 we'll go silly, we'll go deep, whatever you want to do. Let's go. Um, it, it's a story about. So I mentioned my dad. Um, my parents split when I was very young, um, and it's about legacy. This Bardic first about legacy writing. It's about Martin trying to escape that shadow of his father's, like his father's, like this great warrior right. um, has this long legacy, and everyone's like, hey, like why why are you a bard like why aren't you following your dad's footsteps? and like ultimately you know he chooses you know storytelling and song over uh being a barbarian and sure did he pick up some tricks along the way yes um but it's just about like dealing with that like dealing with that shadow that your parents leave behind like trying to strike out on your own trying to be your own person um and ultimately like he gets that like catharsis that like his dad was never really like upset with him for not um following in his footsteps he's mm-hmm. more like proud of him for for doing his own thing right so it's kind of like i guess a little wish fulfillment for me like i i never got that sort of closure on my life like i i i'm like always wondering like if my dad my, my dad unfortunately passed away a couple years ago um like I, I never got that closure that Martin gets in the right. book. Um, so I kind of like brought a lot of that, you know, his his kind of internal monologue with with trying to deal with, you know, being the son of of a great person or being you know not um, following in those footsteps. Uh, and it was, you know, it was good. It was kind of cathartic, right? Like, right. Sure, I maybe I didn't get that closure, but to sort of imagine what that closure would be is, is cathartic, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, that, I mean, that totally. I mean, it makes sense, and a hundred percent makes sense in terms of dealing with that in your own life, and you know, writing a character that you know at his core is is dealing with that or or finding that, you know, and what you said in terms of wish, wish fulfillment, but you wrap all of that up and all of that is in there in your like silly bard book as you, as you put it, but uh, don't, but don't, don't knock being like a silly bard book. Like you almost said it as if like, Oh, it's just, it's just our silly no, bard book. No, yeah. I, I, <laughs> but it is I, silly, I, but it's wonderful. You know? Yeah. You know. I, I think that was the other thing. Like I, it, yes, it is silly. It is, you know, it's all of these things put together, but it yeah. does mean, it means the world to us. Um, sure. I know it means the world to Pete. This was like his first real, like, 
full published, you know, I've been working in comics uh, one way, shape or form since about 2009. Um, so not to say that like the luster has worn off and it hasn't, like I said, you still get that same feeling every time you hold something, but um, you know, to, to really just, again, like write this, this story for us, like to, to, yeah. to do all these jokes that like we found funny to put all these like Easter eggs and, and visual gags in the book. And again, like to, to, to um, hear our peers, like talk so highly to hear people that had a back the book talk so highly about it is, is the, it's the best. It's just the, the cherry on the, on the, on the cake, right? Like we, um, it's, it's been an incredible experience. But yes, it, it is again at its core super silly, but also super <laughs> meaningful for us in so many different. Yeah, I can't recommend it enough. I, I, I when I like I said, I pulled it out again to read it today, and I'm just like, God, this is it's just so good. All right, fellow cryptids, now seems like a good time for a break. I'm always looking for a way to display my comics, but unfortunately, I am not very handy or crafty as it were luckily i have come across crafty comics and they have a way for you to display your comics even uh, comic books that are already slabbed if that's your kind of thing i recently got a flex frame which has customizable backings and interchangeable border colors i was able to put in a frame a comic book it's batman elmer fudd uh, number one by tom king lee weeks it's signed by both it's one of my uh, favorite signed comics that I got at Baltimore Comic-Con, and I was able to figure it all out. It looks great in the frame, and I can't wait to get it up on the wall. It was super easy, and I uh, have a slew of comic books now, and uh, much to my wife's chagrin, I think I'm going to create a wall of some of my favorite signed comic books, um, and Crafty Comics was super easy to use. And I like that you can have a different border color along the background to kind of go along with the theme of the cover art. And yeah, it was a, it's great. And uh, I absolutely love it. So check it out. It's Crafty Comics, C-R-A-F-T-I-C-O-M-I-C-S dot com. Use the discount code YETI5 and get 5% off your order. And now back to the Cryptid Creator Corner. I, you know. I hope there's a Bardic versus two. Um, you know, you said you're, you're there's going to be, so I'm I'm all aboard. Come back, bring Pete, bring Matt, whomever. Yeah, we'll, everyone. We'll chat everyone again. That was, um, <laughs> we're for sure doing two, so I, I'll give you a little. We're doing a couple things. Uh, okay. Imminently, the next thing that we're going to be doing um, in the Bardic verse, I guess you could say. Um, I feel like adding verse on the end of things is like super popular right now, so. We're for right. sure going to jump on that. Um, and you don't want to say the Bardic verse verse. So I guess just the Bardic. No, verse. just the Bardic <laughs> verse makes like, you don't want to double up. Um, <laughs> the next thing we're doing is we're doing what we're calling what we affectionately call Bardic versus 1.5, um, which is a children's book. Uh, so our, oh, our I love friend that. Carlos, um, who I mentioned earlier, another coworker of ours, um, he just had, he just became a new dad. Um, and I thought it would be really cool. Like he, he's an artist as well. Um, if he worked on this project with us, so he's drawing Pete's only Pete's taking a backseat on this one, but doing, um, colors and layouts and all that other stuff. Um, Carlos is going to draw this one and it just, I thought it'd be really nice to have like a, a children's book. He could pass down to his, his child and be like, Hey, I made this. Like, uh, it's a good uh it, it's a cool thing, like, you know, not only just to, to, to be able to, you know, to show your child, but also maybe inspire them. Like maybe they want to go on a creative journey. Right. Um, so he, he's drawing it. We're like pretty much almost, I think we're like about a little over halfway through all of the art for it. Um, that'll also be a Kickstarter, but yeah, it takes place in between Bardic versus one and two. And it's about um, Gary, the yellow goblin. Um, you know, just kind of finding his place in, in the group of adventurers, right? The adventurers that you meet in Bardic versus one, he's trying to figure out like, what do I bring to this group? Like, why, mm -hmm. why am I here? You know, Mark Tillen plays the lute. Uh, 
Jody is is really good at uh, stealing stuff. You know, where, what do I do? And that the whole book is just about you know him trying to discover that and the power of friendship. So it's 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 super special. It's super fun. There's going to be more um, Easter eggs, like a couple more some homages in there um, that are super fun. But yeah, it'll be a nice, quick, easy, uh, low goal Kickstarter. I think within the next couple of months. Um, that's that's fantastic. I, I yeah. love that idea. That's great. We're we're pretty excited. It was a challenge to write a children's book, but ultimately pretty fun. Um, it'll be a cool addition to to not only just the the Barney versus universe, but also just you know a, a shelf near you. You know, yeah. Um, also, so I, I can't go into specifics, but we did find a publisher for Barney versus. Um, so that'll be a thing that's that's happening within the next. A uh, couple months, and then we'll also be launching the Kickstarter for Bardic Versus Two. Um, oh man! Well, congrats on finding a publisher. That's awesome. Thank you. It's it's exciting. Um, we're we're very excited. Um, it makes sense. It's just you know getting more eyes on the book, being you know having it be in more um, places, you know, more opportunities to get it. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll do another cover, a new cover for it. So the Kickstarter one will be an exclusive. Um, and then this one will have a more um, widely available cover. You know, so it, I think we, we're kind of incentivizing people to get this version by being like, hey, it has a new cover. Uh, we'll probably do some more back matter. Um, I think I, I have like plans that I would want to do like a more of a lead in to volume two but we'll see we'll see how that goes um and then yeah volume two just to give you i i've talked about this before so this is like a super spoiler but we're we're gonna do it's more of like so the way not to spoil the end of volume one but it's volume two is gonna be more of a horror based uh entry okay so there's gonna be but it's gonna be like horror movies so i think um Last year, we did what we called the Upside Down Tour, uh, where we did, like, um, Pete did a bunch of art pieces, like, homaging different movies. And in there, there was um, actual, like, things we're going to use in Volume 2. So one of them, famously, we did a, Pete did a really nice uh, homage to the poster for Army of Darkness. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to, we're doing, like, a Sam Raimi um evil dead spoof in in bardic versus two uh we're doing um jinji ito who's like a horror uh manga um artist we're doing uh tribute to him like just a bunch of of different like horror we're doing godzilla which is gonna that one is gonna be if you if you like the calvin and hobbs um homage the godzilla one is gonna be kind of in that same vein um oh cool just just again like a different sort of the same idea as volume one but just with different uh a different palette different okay inspirations this time around nice yeah i i remember seeing those on um i think when when pete put them out on twitter and i'm 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 a big sam raimi evil dead bruce campbell army of darkness fan in particular i army darkness is one of my favorite yeah i love i love raimi a lot i think he's uh, I don't want to say underrated because I don't think that's the right term for him, but just really, I like I like a good um, stylistic. Like you could tell when you see a Raimi movie. I mean, yeah. you know when he does like the uh, the handheld camera that's like moving through uh, yeah. locations, things like that. Um, I mean, the Buick, like he he does things that's like that's for sure, right? Raimi, um, and we try to follow that same kind of oh, that's uh, cool idea when we're when we're doing yeah. stuff together, Pete and I. So it's going to be really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Our, our army of darkness. I was always such a fan of, I, I think because it, it was just, I saw it at the right time. I think it came out and I want to say like 92 or 93. So I was like, I don't know, 13 or 14. And it was like, it was like endlessly quotable. Um, but I would say, I think evil dead two is like the better movie. That's like the perfect mix of horror. And it just starts to get into the campiness. Like evil. I, I'm just, I, I would love to see what you guys do with, uh, 
with that in terms of a bard story. So very excited about that. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really, I'm excited to write it, um, which, you know, I'm excited to write most things, but this one I'm like, all right, we're going to have, right. like, if we had fun in the first one, we're really going to have fun. Weird as we can be. And just keep it within. Well, one of the things that's, that's important to me with the book is that like, I want it to be accessible. There's one swear in Bardic versus one, um, which I didn't, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'm from New York. I, I swear every other word um, just by default. Uh, I just wanted this to be like accessible to, to everybody. Like it's not necessarily yeah. a kid's book. It's not an adult's book. It's just something that everyone can enjoy. And that's like super important to me. Um, yeah. So it's going to be more of the same. There's not going to be like blood and guts in this one. It's going to maintain that kind of creepy vibe. And Raimi, I think is like the perfect one to do that. Right. Cause he, um it's his stuff is not really like it's it's it could be gory but it's not gross you know what i mean like it's 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 over the top which i think is is super important um so we're going to kind of play with stuff like that um again to keep it accessible but not you know not super gross right no i i i like that i can't wait to see what you guys well uh, what you guys come up with so that's that's very exciting because I was just, I'm such a big fan of, of volume one. Um, but, but speaking of stuff more along a horror bent, you're, um, uh, currently in an anthology that's on Kickstarter right now, memoirs of the morbid, which I think when this episode comes out, there should still be time on the Kickstarter for folks to check it out. If there is, I'll, I'll make sure to have a link in the, um, in the show notes for it. So you sent me over your story, uh, come and see. And so how did that come about in terms of, being involved with memoirs of the morbid and then who's the artist on that? Because I, I just, I miss seeing that. Um, so, uh, I'll artist first, Pete. Um, Oh, it is Pete. You wouldn't oh, okay. be able to tell. Yeah. It, um, it's hard, right? Cause Bardic versus like sort of it's fantasy. There's so many different art styles, but that's Pete's like main kind of art style with like, um, as you read like a little bit more gross, than anything we've ever done. Speaking of like mm-hmm. Sam Raimi and, and, and try not to be gross or volume two. I, we went full gross in memoirs of, in our story, <laughs> memoirs of the morbid come and see right. to the point where the editor, um, Grant Lankard, he was like, you have, we can't like, you have to tone this down. <laughs> really? Like, you have to like, he's like, can we just cut like on this? Like I sent him my script and he was like, on this panel, like, can we just not show, can we just show blood? and not show what happens. And I'm like, sure. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to do, uh, I wanted to do something like really, really different than anything I've done before. And I think we kind of pulled that off. Um, But to talk about, so let me go back. Let's go back to this. I got hooked up with this anthology from a friend of mine, Phil Butehorn. Um, Phil is a a comic book writer. Um, He, he's, He's like really, he's super prolific with like anthologies. I feel like he's in every single anthology that comes yeah. out. Um, yeah, he has a, a group on Facebook. Isn't he? He runs like the comic book anthology. There's like a Facebook group yep. that he has. I think, I think I'm a member of, of that where he's always putting out stuff about anthologies and he just, yeah, yeah he's, I, yes. I, I see his tweets and stuff all over the place. Super prolific. Like he loves comics. He's always supporting like, um, other creators, um, even stuff he's not in, directly involved in. Like he was oh, a yeah. great Super champion supportive. for for Bardic versus One. Um, I happen to know Phil personally. We're both from Long Island, um, and you know he he. We're I'm in a group with him. It's like me, him, uh, Mario Candelaria, and uh, James Ferguson. We refer to ourselves internally as the Four Horsemen of Comics. Um, only because there's four <laughs> of us. Um, but you know, Bill like must have through his you know constant working in anthologies must have hooked up with Grant, and Grant was like, "Hey, if you know anybody, like I'm looking for for stories for this book." And Bill reached out to he must have reached out to uh, Mario as well. But Mario, as we know, is, is super busy. One True Love right now is on Kickstarter. Hopefully, it'll be on Kickstarter still when this is out. Um, but yeah, I've, I back that I'm, I'm a, yeah, I, I like Myers work, uh, Kilchella and he's been on the podcast before and I, 
went up and met him at the King of Prussia Mall a couple weeks ago. <laughs> he was great guy. He was doing uh, a signing at a comic shop. <laughs> yeah, great dude. Um, fantastic writer. One yeah. of the best of us for sure. Um, but Phil reached out to my, me and James and was like, "Hey, like this guy's you know doing this anthology. He's looking for writers." And I'm like, "Sure, why not?" This is like shortly after um, he wrapped up the Kickstarter for Bardic versus One, mm-hmm. which was like two years ago. So just to comics moves very slow. Um, I wrote this script pretty much like two or three days after he asked for it. And so it's, this whole thing has been done for probably about a year. Um, our, our end of it, I can't speak for everyone else that worked on the book, but Pete's art has been done for over a year. Um, so now that it's like finally out there and people are going to be able to see it is pretty cool. Cause it's been, like I reread it the other day and I was like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> like I surprised myself because I have, I've been so detached from it and have written so yeah. many things since that I'm just like, yeah, sure. And then, you know, to read it and be surprised by something I wrote is, is pretty funny um, because I've been so removed from it. But um, yeah, so we, we got hooked up. I, you know, obviously like I, I tend to favor Pete. Um, my ultimate goal for Pete is, you know, to get, him you know just full-time working comics um you know he he does all right for we do all right for ourselves at our day job but you know comics is what we're passionate about he's so good as you mentioned like he's such a great artist and you know obviously like wants to do this you know always hits deadlines and does amazing incredible work in such a short amount of time i just want you know i want him to, to to keep doing this like like one of the things i say you know, about life in general, but especially comics, like life is too short to not do the things that you want to do. So like do whatever it takes to do that. So I always tell Pete, I'm like, listen, like whatever it takes, like however we can get your, your stuff out there, like, let's do it. Like, you know, we, we're, we've done this anthology. We just, um, we're about to wrap up art and another anthology that's coming out, um, in a couple months called unknown heroes. Um, you know, we're working on the Barty versus stuff. We're going to do a little short thing in between that. Um, I don't, I don't want to talk about that just yet, but that's going to be super fun. Um, just a little short thing we're going to release for free um, in the next couple months. So yeah, I mean, whatever it takes to get Pete uh, work, we'll do it. Um, but yeah, we wanted to do something just completely. I wanted to do something really gross. I wrote this script on a five hour plane ride from New York to Arizona for work. Um, so you can only imagine the mindset I was in. I'm six foot four. Um, no plane on this earth has enough leg room for me. Um, so <laughs> I was just in a bad like headspace. And I'm like, Let me, let's just write something like really gross, really right. weird. Um, you know, th- you think it's going to go one way. It goes a completely different way. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to have fun with it. And like I said, it was so gross where they were like, we, we need to dial this back. And as a matter of fact, Grant told us the other day, we were on a live stream uh, when he launched a campaign. He said, mm-hmm. like, your story is really pushing what I wanted to do with this. Because it's supposed to be like, um, sort of like creep show slash Tales of the Crypt kind of um, vibe. And he was like, yeah. you guys really, really pushed like that. What my picture of what this anthology could be, which I was like sort of honored. I was more honored than I was like, oops, sorry. I was like, cool. Right. Like, we, we're the one story that like really, you know, pushed the envelope. And it's not, I mean, there's some stuff that's like pretty gross, but it's not like overly disgusting, but it's pretty, no, it, it's, it's, up it's there. disturbing, Matt. It's, <laughs> it's, it's disturbing. Like I, you sent it to me. I read it. It's, I mean, well, going through the stories, it's like there's one about kids walking through a haunted pumpkin patch and another one with a fun title, like My Demon is the Centerfold. And then totally innocuous kind of title. Come and see. That could literally be about anything. It's like, okay, okay. I'm a big Bardic Versus fan. Matt sent me the story. We're going to talk tonight. Let me look at it. And I was just like, oh, this is this is horrific. Uh, (laughs) But it's it's really good. It's really good. But I was like, all right, well, do I have time to watch, like, to decompress and watch an episode of Ted Lasso before I talk to Matt after reading this? Um, <laughs> but it is, it's very disturbing, but it's it's very good. 
And the other thing about it is it's not just all like pedal to the metal, like gross out type of stuff. It makes sense. It and it's surprising. Like I got to the end of it and I was just like, oh, I yeah, that's not right. At no point was that where I thought it was going at all, ever. That, and I just, I, I, I like really that. liked it. And I don't, I mean, I, I really liked it. I'm like, yeah, it's good. And I, I never would have thought that it's the artist and the writer of Bardic Versus. Never. Again, again like that's, there's so many different things like I wanted to do with this. Like get to, 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 to go from, like, I hope one day that somebody picks up Bardic Versus, they pick up Memories of the Morbid, like, oh, I, I, I you know, I like Bardic Versus, so let me get this next thing that they worked on. And then they pick up Memories of the Morbid, they're like, what the hell is that? Like, that's like completely, you know, 180 degrees away from what I thought they would do. Um, I just wanted to create something that was, again, like super disturbing, but also, you know, you think is going to go one way, goes a completely different direction. Um, Just like have fun with, you know, I'm a big horror guy and I never was growing up. Like I never watched horror movies as a kid. I hated them. Like I would have nightmares. Um, I specifically remember, like the exorcist uh, scaring me to death as a kid. I remember I saw scream in the theaters as a kid and the part where spoilers, if you haven't never seen it, which why would you have never seen it? It's like, it's it's what, like 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But if you haven't, you should, Uh, but spoilers Um, in the beginning, Drew Barrymore is like hanging from the tree and her like guts are hanging out when they, they show her hanging from the tree. I jumped so hard. I like spilled popcorn everywhere. Like I just never could get into horror movies. And then somewhere in like my late teens, early twenties, like it changed for me. And now I'm like obsessed. Now I I watch like, if if someone's like, Hey, you should watch this really good. I'm like, absolutely. Like I I like the thrill. I like going, I'll go to see a horror movie by myself. Like I like, you know, I want to find something that's like going to scare me. Um, I feel like few things have um but i i just like that uh i just like the way it makes you feel like the, when you're like on edge watching like what's gonna happen right you know like wh- where's this thing gonna pop out from like where's the scare like what what's the story you know um so yeah i i wanted to really challenge myself to to write something that uh again is is super unexpected but also like it how do I, I, I don't want to like spoil it, but it's for like a brief shining moment. It's like kind of sweet. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to explain. There's a very brief, very brief moment where you're like, oh, okay. Like this is, you know, it's kind of nice. And then it obviously, you know, yeah, becomes not so nice. Again, <laughs> another, another turn. Um, yeah, no, that's, I mean, I, 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 I was the same way as a kid. Like I, um, I didn't like horror movie. I could never get through the large Marge scene and you know, oh my Pee-wee's god, that's another adventure. that's another one that you <laughs> like, that was it. Like that. that was my <laughs> that was my level, the large Marge scene in in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um, then I, I think I've said this on this podcast before, talking to somebody who had a horror book out that uh, I it, there was some program when I was in maybe like eighth grade, I, I want to say where you could go to different lectures at like a college, just like it's a day trip type of thing. And they had ones on the environment. I really like stuff about the environment and animals and all types of stuff, but they had one about monsters. And that's where like all the people I were going with, that's the one they were going to. And I didn't want to be the only one like by myself, you know? So I said, Oh, I'll, I'll go with everybody. And it was about monsters through my recollection of it is this was 30 years ago, but it was about monsters in terms of mythology all the way through to modern Freddy Krueger, Jason, Michael Myers, like, you know, uh, Leatherface, all those. And it just, I don't know, turned something on inside of me that I, I looked at it in terms of a way I'd never thought about it before. And I just went on like, like a binge of going back and catching up on every like horror movie, horror movie franchise. And, um, I now mean, I'm a 44 year old, like stressed out attorney who has the nervous system of a squirrel. So I scream at the drop of a hat. It doesn't take much to scare me. My last month, we had my six year old's birthday party, and my wife got a big inflatable palm tree that was also like a cooler for like drinks, you know, like 
juice boxes and stuff for the kid. And uh, I forgot it was in the kitchen and just backed up into it. And one of the leaves touched my shoulder and I screamed. So that's my level <laughs> right now. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, uh, um, well, I, you know, um, in terms of all these things in comics, and you said you've been working in comics since 2009. So I'm always interested in this podcast and the point where we, we get to where I, I want to talk about kind of how did you how did you come to comics? Were you, you know, like, were you a fan as a kid? Did you come to them later? Like, what was kind of your deal? And was there anything in particular that you read and you really, you know, liked as a kid or whenever you came to them? So um, I've always been a fan. Uh, I feel like when I was old enough to read, like I just had comics and I never, I wasn't like, um, you know, I, I wasn't ever really going to the comic book store like weekly until like I was a little older, like, you know, early teens. I was, I started pushing to like go to a comic store. But when I was a kid and old enough to read, you know, if my, my mom or dad were like out at the store, you know, and they just needed to give me something to do, they would just, get me some random comic. I mean, I've had like Archie digests. I've had like random issues of Spider-Man, random issues of Batman. Mm -hmm. Um, just like, Hey, here, like read this, you know? Um, and just growing up and reading comics. And I was very fortunate in school to, to make friends with people who also were into comics. And back then when I was, um, you know, in school, like comics, like we're, we're in such a, like a, a golden age right now um for comic content so it's everywhere right um, right back then it was like oh what are you a ch you're a child you're reading com like comic books are for, for little kids like you know when i was in high school i was like tr reading comic books like on the sly you know um i was afraid of like the stigma that was attached to them um right. but I, I was I, again fortunate enough to meet people who are also into comics who are like introducing me to stuff that like outside of like the big two like you know, image comics. And back then, like, um, Wildstorm was like a big thing. Um, so just getting that exposure from the people that I knew, like really started getting me into comics more and more. Again, I would go to like local comic shops and, and pick up stuff that I thought like looked cool and looked fun. Uh, I really mm -hmm. got the bug for creating, uh, when I was like in my early twenties, I think, you know, reading like ultimate Spider-Man, um, that really, you know, reading that book for me, I was like, wow, these, these characters sound like people that I know, you know, like the dialogue is so good. Like usually, you know, we're used to like the old Stan Lee dialogue. That's very like, you know, they all just sound like, like superheroes. Right. But like in ultimate Spider-Man, these sound like people, everybody sounds, even Spider-Man himself sounds like a person like it, that, that, that exists now. Like it just felt very present. Right. Like, and I, yeah. I became like, obsessed with that like i am very dialogue heavy um I, I i love dialogue i love the way people talk i love um you know having in interesting and informative or funny dialogue in books i think that's really important to to um supplement the action the visuals that that go on on the page right like we having good dialogue is just like the 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 bonus for everything else that we're getting in a book so it was something I really, I got into, I latched onto it, um, you know, reading all Bendis' stuff um, for like DC. I got into like super into Jeff Johns and then growing out from there, Brian K. Vaughn, I mean, one of the masters of, of dialogue and comics. And that mm -hmm. was really what like put me on the path, like reading his stuff, reading Why the Last Man um, really got me into like wanting to do comics. I was like, you know, these guys make this like, this is enjoyable to read. You know, I always wanted to like tell stories as a kid and, and um, it was something I would always kind of do uh, in school, like, you know, in between classes, during classes, sometimes just write little like stories about characters that I created um, and then wanting to, to once I figured out, I feel like you crack the code at some point where you're like, oh, like, I don't have to be able to draw to do comics, right? Like you... I can hire an artist to, to, to draw my script, but if I could just draw the script, if I could crack that code on how to draw the script, I mean, to write the script, I'll write a script and then, you know, kind of go from there. Um, yeah. once I did that, I created like a one shot comic and then, you know, that one shot again, 
same thing with Bard Versus. I, I wrote that for myself. I wanted to, to write a, a quick one and done story. Um, but that comic, you know, got into the hands of um, Bill Jemis, who was running Double Take Comics at the time, a subsidiary of um, Take Two Interact, was a giant comic book publisher. And then the rest is history. I got my first work for hire job in comics. Um, I've been doing comics ever since. Wow. Um, I mean, in terms of the like, like, like ebb and flow of this business, sometimes when you're like a freelancer and work for hire, like making your own stuff, like, what do you do in the times if it ever is like, or, or let me ask it this way. Was it, was it ever like a little down? And, and then like, what do you do to kind of propel yourself forward and like figure that sure. those times out? Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, I, I, I've always had a day job. I'm, I, I like the stability of knowing where my, like, I never got into like, um, I like having a steady paycheck. So I was never like a bartender or like, I never worked in sales where like it hinged on my performance. It was always like, I know how much I'm getting paid every week. <laughs> so, you know, comics is something I did on the side. I was very fortunate to be able to do comics on the side. Um, I, lost my train of thought so during the downtime so yeah when i when i worked for double take um i did a five issue series um it was about we were about to get a continuation um i was working on the first issue of like the next version of this series and famously the company closed so um that was for me, that was like a, a, a lull. I had no idea what to do next. Like that was right. like my first big, you know, work for hire gig. Um, I was very fortunate to, again, the, the advent of social media for creators, huge, right? Like, I don't know what, as a creator, like, what would you do back in, you know, before social media, you'd have to hope that if you went to enough co um, conventions and met enough people that you just had that, that kind of, um, those connections to, to find other work. Um, right. I, oh, yeah. Meeting I people. With, it's huge. Sure. Yeah. And social media makes that so much easier, right? Like I, I've yeah. connected half of the people that I know or more than half I've met through, through Twitter or through right. Instagram, right? You know, it's such a, a, it's, it's a small comics is a small, way smaller community than people realize. Um, but, there, there are so many people. There are so many conventions that are all over the place. I tend to only really stick to East Coast, so I'm, I'm kind of limited with who I can meet, um, who I can connect with. Um, but Twitter has made that easier than ever for anybody. So on Twitter, I connected with this group um, called the Comic Jam. Uh, just a bunch of creators that uh, put out like weekly one-page comics, and that's that's kind of a skill in itself to write a story in one page um especially like a comic story um yeah. and i just did that for a little bit like i i felt like i was like you know keeping the the muscles fresh right like just i was just working on one page script and you know putting feelers out for other things and those one page yeah. scripts led to anthologies um which i hadn't done previously and then those anthologies led to you know meeting more and more creators to work on longer form stuff it's just you know looking for um opportunities working on 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 things that may or may not go places is what i've been doing like whenever there's like that down period between projects um you know just trying to find the next thing is um the best way to, to just keep that momentum in comics that's something that's kind of important i feel like um to always be like working on something right to always be it, it kind of does it stinks in the advent of social media because you have to you know always be putting out something or or other like at some point um right so i feel like i'm i i'm like behind the the eight ball if i'm if i'm not putting out something every month or so every two months or so um but again this is a side gig so it's not that um crucial but i try to always be working on something whether it's going to come out or not um in the in the down periods right now yeah. it's not a down period i feel like i overbooked myself at this point <laughs> at, at, 
at one point I was writing, I wrote a 10 page script in one day. Uh, oh my gosh. Which is the quickest. Yeah. It's the quickest turnaround I've ever done. I'll never yeah, that's do it a again. Lot. But I had like two deadlines coming up. Like I, I told Pete, I was like, I need to take a break. It's <laughs> like, no, let's not, I'm not taking any more projects. Like let's focus on after this thing wraps up, let's focus on, cause we have another horror story coming out soon um, as well that we worked on together. Um, but oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh, that's awesome. It's a lot. It's a lot yeah. all at once, but oh. yeah, trying. So to, to answer your question, like, you know, I try to fill in where I can, but I think now I'm like, all right, maybe, you know, maybe let's not hope that, or let's not take on so many projects in the hopes that like, oh, we, you know, we're going to come to that, that low period again, where there's not going to be anything going on. Like, let's try mm-hmm. to space it out a little bit. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I think going forward, we'll be all right. But right now I'm like enough, like I'm good. I'm good for like, I think I could take like a month off and not work on anything, oh. but All we're right, going to well, go right into Barney versus two. So, yeah. So you're, you're going to have to keep, keep going. I do want to say, you mentioned the comic jam. They've come up on this podcast before, but yeah, for any listeners who still haven't, you know, or if you're a new listener and haven't checked them out. Yeah. The comic jam, if you find them on Twitter, they're, I think they have a webpage. Like it's well worth your time. It's always a different theme. One page comics. Um, Another comic book Yeti contributor, uh, Luke Henderson. They've done some stuff with the Comic Jam, but yeah. And uh, even if you're somebody who's listening to this, who's thinking about, you know, wanting to create comics and you haven't yet, it's always good to check out the Comic Jam. Figure out how to, you know, to put together a, a comic script, and they they really do um, very interesting stuff. They got some great creators involved over there. So, yeah, can't recommend uh, enough checking out the Comic Jam. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I met one of my, I would say like one of my best friends in comics, uh, Casey, Casey Allen. Um, he, he runs the Comic Jam, and like I met him through that. Like we just we started talking, um, and I've been talking to him ever since. Like I feel like we're kind of each other's like uh, the word like cheerleader. Like he when he's working on stuff, I'm like, oh man, what are you working on? Like what do you have coming out? And he does the same thing for me. Like we talk on the phone. I, he's somebody mm-hmm. I've never met in person. I've ne- I do not know this guy in person, but I talk to him like right. every week, you know, we'll <laughs> check in. I'll be like, Hey, how's your family? Like what's going on? He'll call me when he's like in between, like when he's on a break from work, like, Hey man, what do you got going on? Like here, here's this funny thing that happened to me today. And we'll, you know, we'll talk about comics and talk about life and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's great. I mean, I, I, I said this the other day, um, I really love comics a lot, although I used a curse word when I said it, but, um, <laughs> I love comics, man. I think we all, we're all in this cause we love the medium, right? Like, yeah, I, I'm not in this for any other reason than to, to, to write fun stories that I want to read and just like really celebrate this thing that like has got me through tough times, right? Like something that, that, you know, you can escape into comics and it's, it's become such a, a great phenomenon. But ultimately, like it's it's something that we all love, we all cherish. Um, it all it brings us all together, um, and being able to 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 work in it and and you know again like perpetuate this medium that we love so much it, it means a lot. So um, I'm sorry if I'm rambling about comics, but the, no. the thesis here You're, is that, that that's what know, I do. That's Matt. This is every show I ramble <laughs> about comics. <laughs> I just I just love again. I love comics, so it's 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 awesome. To, yeah, to be able to do them and, and to meet like minded people, to meet great like minded people that you know um, have affected my life one way or the other is is awesome. Yeah. No, I I. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. I mean, there's no other reason I'm in it, uh, than I, I love comics. I love talking to people that make comics and, you know, I, I've been lucky enough to be in a few, you know, a couple of anthologies and it, it's just every time you get art in the email or you get to hold that printed book or show it to a friend and be like, yeah, I wrote this and, you know, I worked with this artist and they drew it and then it was somebody lettered it and, and, you know, it's just, it's a fantastic feeling. And I just, I, yeah, I love it. Love going to the shop. I go to the comic book shop in Wilmington, Delaware. It's right down the street from my house. I love going there. I love seeing the people that work there. Yeah. I just love it. I a hundred percent agree. So 
You're allowed. That's what. Yeah, that's that'll that'll be like the, the name change. will be like just rambling about comics. That'll be my <laughs> second podcast. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, Matt, I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, uh, I, I'll put links in the show notes in terms of like your website and Twitter um, and folks should check it out. Um, can they get Bardic? Is there anywhere to get Bardic Versus now, or should we be on the lookout for whenever it comes out from a publisher? So be on the lookout for um, okay. when it comes out. I think so. Right. I, I, I don't want to. I'm hoping to be at New York Comic Con this year. Um, Pete and I, okay. uh, we don't know yet. So I have to, like, I have to, you know, shake hands and kiss some babies. But um, hoping to have a table in Artist Alley this year. We'll probably, we'll, definitely have copies of the book there if we get there um if not um next year we'll have more information about where it landed all right and how to get copies awesome well just make sure you're following matt on uh twitter uh, or you know pay attention to comic book yeti as well because we're a big bardic versus fan bardic versus fan we're big fans of the bardic verse so um <laughs> We'll be sure to let you know when that is coming out. And um, you should still have time when this episode airs to check out Memoirs of the Morbid. It's the blue edition. They did a previous red edition. And uh, that's on Kickstarter. And yeah, check out uh, Matt's work because Matt loves comics. And I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, I got to think you love comics too because that's like basically what I say every episode. Um, shout out to my brother, Bobby. Comic book Yeti's uh, Crypto Creator Corner number one most dedicated listener. I told him I was going to start doing Love that as a bit every, every, every show. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, depending on when this comes out, um, just a, a little plug, uh, because I have a, a short comic with, um, uh, James greater X who I met at the local comic book shop called comics from the kitchen. It's on, uh, Zoop, And that has about as the time we're recording this, it has three weeks, uh, left. So it's, a uh, it's comics and a cookbook. My story is That's called awesome. It's Not Just a Meatball. And uh, if anyone missed it, that um, what, CBS3 news anchor Yuki Washington did did mention it on the news and uh, showed a video clip of my dad. So that was pretty cool because it's all about my dad's meatball recipe. So um, doing, doing my part to promote comics, I got us on the local news in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, um, uh, Matt, thank you again so much. I really appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for um, so for Comic Book Yeti, I'm Jimmy Gasparro, and uh, we love comics here, and uh, I'll see you next time. Good night. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.